getting debunked right now. See, Hassan is here, and he's eating. What is that, chicken? It's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Is that, does it have chicken on it? No chicken. Man, Hassan eating a meal without chicken? That's insane. Insane. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to uh, announce, actually, that this is happening to anyone. Did you see this? This fantastic uh, Taylor Marshall meme that I made. It's so good. Nuts. It's great. Great, Hassan. Trust me. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Also, a reminder. Uh, this is this is your uh, your Catholic action for the day. Um, oh, I think I just surpassed him. Oh, I did. So, um, share my screen right onto twitter.com boom so this picture of augustine with his new uh dino backpack ratioed this guy who said i'm a white christian man and i have no problem saying white christian men are the worst why because we are so we have utterly obliterated this guy with uh 374 likes for augustine's dino backpack uh so so based so so based and you know it has a. Uh, this may sound weird to people out there who aren't parents of toddlers, but it has like a little, a little connecting point for like a leash. So, he, so we just strap his backpack on him and we put like a little le a leash on the backpack so he doesn't run away. So uh, yeah, that, that's why we got the backpack at first, actually, so we could leash him. And he also puts his missile in there for mass. Uh, on Sundays, so yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, and then the the Taylor Marshall meme, mm -hmm. Dino backpack. Uh, where is the Taylor Marshall meme? Did I really make this that long ago? Oh, there it is. So I figured uh, you'd enjoy this one, Hassan. Absurd oh, yeah. scandal. I usually do them every other uh, Thursday. So this Thursday was an off Thursday. Um, probably doing it um, this Thursday. I don't know. I've been very, very busy. So things have kind of got by the wayside. I barely even did any videos this week, actually. So, yeah, um, this is this is my Taylor Marshall meme. Um, I think Taylor Mar did Taylor Marshall see it I'm trying to. Yeah, the guy's like, uh, one step closer to saying the hijab is based. And I was like, yeah, because it is based. If you are, if you are a, uh, if you are a Middle Eastern female Catholic, you should be wearing a hijab. That's what you should be doing. Okay, so, yeah, if you want to put your questions in, you can. Um, before we begin, I forgot... I think I forgot to state this last week uh, because we were doing the whole massive response to Gideon's video, um, which he did do a response to to a, a bit of a response to some of our main points. Um, but Hassan and I thought that our video was kind of like it, it's it stood its own. Um, so he didn't really feel the need to do this whole like back and forth thing where everybody does like 10 response videos to one another. Kind of just like have the have the video and then just kind of leave it out there as it is um so yeah there's that um so because of that i forgot to mention uh but as a reminder um uh 
one of one of my one of my dearest patrons. Um, I we I think I mentioned his uh, his GoFundMe because he's going to seminary, and he needed something for like a psych exam or, or something like that. Um, but because he's going to seminary, uh, unfortunately, he's he's not a patron anymore. So um, definitely, if you can uh, be a patron, to kind of make up for the the dear loss of our friend. Um, he, I think his his GoFundMe was completely uh, met. So, I mean, if you want, if you want to continue to donate to him, you can. Uh, I'll send you the link. But I think uh, I think he's good. Um, but yeah, if you if you would, uh, that would be fantastic. If you can't, then uh, I guess it's okay. But yeah, let's get into questions. Y'all should just have a live stream with Gideon on the issue if it's still a problem. Yeah, I. I'm not really. I'm actually not a fan of uh, of that approach because I think when it comes to those discussions, at least the ones that I've partook in, where it's like, okay, let's let's like direct disagreement discussion thing, like why you can why you can kind of get down to like what the central issue is. I feel like people aren't able to uh, provide the sources and argumentation uh, that they are able to. Like I go away from almost every single one of those discussions saying like, oh, crap, here are these 10 things I forgot to mention that like I had in my notes or I had in the back uh, back of my mind. See, I just I just I think those are like maybe helpful as like a, a sort of um, presentation to people for them to like get the gist of it. But like for for like a proper educational purposes, like I don't I don't think those are good at all. So I usually stay away from them. And then I, w I will do, the, like, I did the Ubi one. Um, and then there might be one that I'm dealing with the other Paul. Uh, Trent Horn asked uh, if the other Paul and I wanted to do one on tradition. Um, so that might be happening uh, this summer sometime. So, like, I'll do them. Um, but I prefer not to do them. Uh, especially on an issue like this. Uh, because it's so intricate. Uh, got a question. Would asking Protestant friends to pray for you be licit, and would their prayers have any effect? Um, so yeah, it it would be licit to to ask them to uh, pray for you, because prayer itself actually um, isn't something necessarily uh, which is of the divine law. Um, prayer itself, just like something like fasting, uh, is an act of um, the natural virtue of religion so this is why for example the state uh can have a day of prayer and fasting uh in the united states there's actually um in the last few years there's been local states and cities who have called for days of prayer and fasting and as catholics we would be um obliged to to uh, somehow participate in those days because there's a lawful ruler asking us to engage in acts of, uh, of natural religion. So they actually have the power to do that. Like the state could tell us when to fast, uh, if, if they, if they wanted to, um, because it isn't something that's necessarily only within the domain of ecclesiastical authority. Um, so since it's an act of, of natural religion, uh, yeah, that would be, um, that would be fine to, to ask them for their prayers. And, uh, as to whether they would have any effect, um, it's possible. Um, th this is a little bit of a of a more difficult uh, question um, because it is, as, as we know, it is possible for Protestants to be uh, in a state of grace. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's that's I guess a little bit more of a difficult uh, question. Hassan, do you have uh, any any thoughts on that? No, no, you don't. I, I guess you, you come at this from like a Muslim point of view, though. I'm, I'm assuming like you're you feel very comfortable with asking, um, still asking for like fellow Muslims uh, prayers. I live with my family, so I mean it's kind of impossible because uh, <clears throat> the way of life in my family is is very religious all the way through, and kind of have to uh, intentionally try to find those places where uh, there are acts of religion that are not distinctively belonging to any one like set of revealed claims mm -hmm. or not. Um, so it's. It's just a practical reality. If you're sitting at a table and your father says, hey, let's uh, let's thank the creator for what we have in front of us. You're not really mm -hmm. going to say, no, I can't do that because you don't believe in exactly the same revealed claims as me. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the, you know, the other aspects of this. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, the other Paul will soon be a Puritan. It is inevitable. Nah. Okay, so do apostates have to go through a any sort of official process before being allowed to participate in Holy Communion? Besides stuff like confession, um, not not to my knowledge. Unless uh, I mean, there's specific cases where they could um, could like participate in certain acts, which would uh, result in them. Uh, having certain censures that can't be lifted. Um, so like an example of this would be uh, desecration of the sacrament. Like if while they were apostates, they somehow desecrated the sacraments, um, things like abortion. But all the, I think that I think Pope Francis changed that, though, didn't he? Um, there's there's other ones like if you if you physically assault the pope, that's another one. <laughs> Interesting fact, if you physically assault the pope. Um, there's like a special censure to that. But yeah, there's these various different censures um, that you can be under for acts like that if you are a baptized Catholic um, that you would need to get lifted at the Episcopal or even Papal uh, level uh, rather than just getting it removed in confession. But um, usually you can just go to confession, make sure you uh, mention everything, and then the priest will be able to tell you whether there's anything he doesn't have the faculties to um, remove. So, yeah. Um, it, it's not, it's not like, it's like a sort of like secret list in the Vatican of, of certain sins that you, that you can't go back, uh, you, you need Episcopal approval for. And then like, you kind of have to like, make sure you know them. So you make like a, a barefoot track all the way to your, uh, the cathedral of your diocese and then like knock four times on a special door. So it's like nothing like that. Like the priest in the confessional will just tell you whether something is reserved, um, or not. Okay, so, oh, this is a great question. I always like answering this question. Because I think everybody gives a, a generally wrong answer to this. Um, so when it, uh, what is some counsel uh, you would give to a Protestant discerning between Orthodoxy and Catholicism? What is a deal breaker uh, issue to study? So, yeah, um, when, it comes, when it comes to at least me, uh, I, I have always found... Uh, certain issues within these this debate you have uh, really the main ones that you'll get like online all the time uh, is going to be essence and energies it's going to be um, 
filioque and it's going to be papal stuff. Like, those are really like the, the sort of top three. Like there's some like secondary ones that you can get into, but those are really like the, the three. Um, I, I think, and if, if Jay's listening, I'm sorry about this, but I, I don't, I don't think like the, the sort of Jay Dyer philosophical um, sort of issues are actual issues. Uh, if you do think they are, I would suggest you read uh, John of Damascus. Uh, that, that's actually a good practice for anybody discerning between Orthodox and Catholicism is read um, uh the three the three books of John of Saint uh, of Saint John of Damascus, which is the uh, the fount of knowledge, is what's known by the first ones on philosophy, the second ones on heresy, and then the third one is on um, uh, just on dogmatics. And it's not that long; it'll take you maybe like six to eight hours to read. Like it's not a long book uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and you'll see that, uh, especially when you look in the footnotes. Uh, St. John of Damascus is quoting uh, Ammonius, and Ammonius was a peripatetic philosopher who was within the traditional school of Aristotelian commentary, uh, much in the same way as uh, as a Boethius uh, is going to be for the West. So you're, you're going to get like, it's very clear that in the West, our tradition of Aristotelian commentary and uh, following the, the uh, Neoplatonic school uh, in, in like a in a sort of synthetic way like that's absolutely traditional and that's also eastern as well um so yeah i would suggest read saint john of damascus for sure um if you have any issues um but going back to like the the three issues i think when it comes to the essence energies distinction um that's going to be a really really tough one i i don't i don't think like your average sort of protestant who's discerning between the two is even going to be able to make an informed judgment on it uh to be perfectly honest uh, i don't i don't really think um, that's like realistic for anybody to expect. Um, and then when it comes to uh, papal claims, I, I feel much in the same way. Um, although that's might just be from the fact that I've said before, like that's just not too much of an interest of mine to uh, study into like papal history. I really think the filioque is probably um, at least for me uh, going to be the sort of clearest issue to study uh, because I, I, and I think Orthodox would agree that when it comes to the filioque, the, the filioque is kind of like a, a, a sort of make or break um, kind of issue that's very central. It, I mean, uh, Shaban uh, says, and I think I think Shaban's work is is probably the best if you get his um, uh, his dogmatic. I can't remember which volume it is on the Trinity. Shaban dogmatic uh, handbook of Catholic dogmatics too. That's what they call it. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the the best one on um is it, does this one teach the the trinity yes it does i'm making sure i didn't like tell you the wrong one uh no he's talking about the negative attributes or am i sure this is the right one <clears throat> ah yes this is the right one um yes it is okay sorry uh, but yeah, it's uh, Handbook of Catholic Dogmatics 2. I guess I'll send the link real quick. I think that's one of the best uh, concise treatments of the Trinity uh, in English. Um, so yeah, that I, I would I would suggest uh, something like the like studying the uh, filioque. I, I think would be uh, the most the most fruitful alongside like the general sort of recommendation for everyone uh, to read a, a book that covers fundamental theology. Uh, as establishing the credibility 
of the divine revelation as preached by the Catholic Church. So as as a good like um, strictly, I, I would say you want to read either um, Monsignor Fenton's. Um, what, what do they even call? It? They they changed the name. I, it's something. I, I just say his fundamental theology. Um, but Emmaus um, changed the name on this. Um, and uh, what is the title of that book? Laying the Foundation, a Handbook of Catholic Apologetics and Fundamental Theology by Fenton. Um, that, that's a good one. Or Duranzo's uh, Introduction to Sacred Theology uh, is another good one. Um, so yeah, just studying. I, I, I really think for everybody, um, we kind of, w when you're discerning between any group, like this, this advice would be similar for like Oriental Orthodoxy. Like, for example, let's say you're going between Oriental Orthodoxy and Catholicism. Well, what you're going to want to study is you're going to study, on the one hand, fundamental theology. On the other hand, you're going to study, let's say, Christology. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important to to uh, to make sure you read those two disciplines, no matter what you're uh, discerning. Okay, here here you go. Um, what what oh. is what is your thoughts on this, uh, Hassan? Do the nine ranks of angels have specific roles, such as virtues helping us perform miracles, as Dionysius the Aragopite, uh said, uh, or is this just speculation? You know, I don't know what the note of the note for the different roles of the angels is, but it seems like really clear from Scripture to me. It seems uh -huh. super weird to deny it. Yeah, it's it's. I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably some sort of apostolic tradition uh, that's passed down about this uh, when it comes to their specific roles, because you get like the celestial hierarchy, uh, which is this is where Dionysius talks about this. Say Dionysius, definitely first century guys. Cry if you disagree. Um, you 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 read the he celestial hierarchy. Doesn't actually hierarchy. believe that, by the way. He doesn't actually believe that. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, Hassan. Yeah, Hassan. <laughs> tell let everybody know that I'm actually cringing, not based. Like. Uh, um so with with the hierarchy of angels like you get this spoken about by saint dionysius and it's very it's, it's sort of like it's very hard if you look through scripture to like just deductively work this out and order them and like say what all of the roles are but like once you have dionysius talk about it and then in that lens you look back at scripture you're like oh this all makes sense it's like a, it's a, one of those really weird things, kind of like how the Old Testament relates to the New Testament. So if you just had the Old Testament, it would be like a bit difficult to work out like all that the New Testament has. But once you like have the New Testament, you look back to the Old Testament, you're like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely all in there. It's like really, really weird. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to check real quick to see what actually is like defined on angelology. Um, I have, checking the SDS right now. I'm checking Denzinger. So, yeah. Well, Denzing has definitely got a couple of things in there. St. Thomas quotes from um, St. Gregory the Great on the ranks of the angels, and that's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, so it's at least at least like something. So that'd be on God the Creator, um, creation, creatures. The angels exist in our spiritual. They are not propagated. The devil himself was created in good. Likewise, other demons. Ah, oh, that's kind of a lame. They should, Pope Francis should uh, define the Thomistic doctrine on angels. That's that's my dream right there. 
Pope Francis comes out tomorrow and decides to like start Vatican three and just have a bunch of documents on the angels just to reassert Thomistic supremacy. Not that it was ever non-asserted. Here we go. Um, I I know I know it's question. an eighty dollar it's an eighty dollar book. I'm sorry. Um, uh, article two goes further questions on angels. Um, uh, two eight six are the angels distinct among themselves? Uh, they are a name. Uh, different parts of the multitude are set out. Um, so, do any of that have a note on it besides Catholic doctrine? Um, He doesn't he doesn't provide a uh, this is one of those bits where it doesn't go note and then sets it out clearly ah that's so annoying it is that's oh, that's so frustrating yeah sorry uh basically the fact that the angels are spiritual uh is like the big one and the he fact says that st created. thomas is correct that uh each individual is a species and suarez is wrong based based rebuking suarez yeah jesuits the jesuit rebuke the jesuits suarez. the jesuits have been bodied no the, remember the author isn't is a jesuit so he's i just know like, i yeah, know i know he's, he's trolling himself that's like when i read it's super weird when i read um like joseph pole for example his <laughs> pole is a jesuit but he's one of those jesuits that hate suarezians so he will just uh he would just like troll Suarezians a lot. And it's like, what are you doing, man? That's like he's supposed to be your guy. Like that's supposed to be your guy for the interpretation of uh, St. Thomas. His position on predestination was so bad. I remember reading it. Suarez or Pole? Oh, Pole. Pole. Yeah, Pole's is terrible. <laughs> he's just like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then just moves on. Like, yeah, ba basically like, okay. oh, a Pole. Oh, my gosh. Pole's. Um, this I, I hope this is a display to you guys that we're just not like rigorously like following manuals like we think that they're gospel truth like we actually critique um, different ones, but like uh, reading Paul's section on the uh, whether Christ would have come had man not fallen, that was straight up painful. He spends like the whole first half talking about how the Thomistic opinion is more reasonable theologically. It is better supported by scripture. It's better supported by the fathers. It's better supported by scholastic doctors and like the um, the eventual consensus that happens. And he's like going over like thing after thing about after thing about how great the Thomistic position is, and then he's like, "But the Scotistic position sounds more pretty." Like, and he's just like, "So therefore, we're going to hold it because it sounds more profound." And it's like, "What? What are you doing, man? Like, what?" Why did you? Why did you like set it up like that? Like you at least could have been a little bit more modest about like how good you think the the support for the Thomistic position is before you just like straight up deny it. Like some of these guys were just like uh, they they would do things like that. But yeah, sorry, uh, it's an Emmaus book, so it's eighty dollars. Um, I will neither confirm nor deny uh, the presence of this book in other places. Um. Actually, I deny it because it, it isn't actually uh, this volume actually isn't present in any other places. But yeah, sorry about that, man. Um, if yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know what to say because it's like it's a really really good book, 
and they're probably like the best set of books out there, but uh, nobody has taken one for the team yet and spent the $80. So, sorry about that, man. If anybody from Emmaus is watching, sorry, guys. Uh, I, I'm a man of the people. Man, unfortunate. Uh, so there is, um, there's a manual of Catholic theology based on Sheevan's Dogmatique, uh, which is kind of like a summary of it. Um, it's, I can't remember the authors who it's by. Do you remember? Uh, Scandal, Thomas, Thomas Scandell, Scandell, and Joseph Wilhelm. So, uh, they, it's, it's free, um, public domain. And if I remember that the Filioque section is still pretty good. Um, from that, it's just not as good. It's not nearly as good as uh, the original. So sorry about that. I know this is that's like. I know this is I I, I despise uh, how how like certain um, books. It's just like I have a hard time recommending them because it's like eighty dollars, and I have some neophyte who's who's trying to learn about uh catholicism and wants like the best treatment on a certain issue to supplement their current reading and it's 80 dollars, so it's just difficult to to give it to them but i i digress i know i need to i need to like call up call up scott Hahn and be like yo could you please please put everything in paperback please i'm begging you to put everything in paperback Okay. Okay. So somebody asked, "Does the essence energy's real distinction imply a two-part God?" Uh, the real distinction would. There, that is that is my answer. If, if somebody, if somebody is positing, there is a real distinction. That is a distinction between thing and thing. Um, then yes, yes. But oftentimes, like, you ask this guy, like, oh, what is a real distinction? They're like, oh, it's a not fake distinction. So I, I don't I don't think I've ever met anybody who has said that there's a real distinction in God who has actually understood what a real distinction is. Um, it's very rare. So. Um, so I, uh, Christian, you mentioned that St. Bonaventure and St. Thomas have the same view on divine illumination. You affirm this because you admit a distinction between forms and universals. No, I, so I admit this because, oh crap, what, oh man, this is about to be an epic gamer moment if I can remember, um, if I can remember where I took a note on this. This is going to annoy the crap out of me. Where did I take a note on this? Too late, but, um... Okay, it's in the one God. I think it was on divine naming that I took a note in this. I'm trying to look through my Obsidian Drive. Oh, maybe if I type in Bonaventure. Um, oh, no. Okay. On the heirs of Michael Lofton. Okay. Pre-Newman views on the development of doctrine. Oh, why do I have so much stuff on Bonaventure? Oh, compared to one cent distinction eight of Bonaventura. Okay, good. Uh, that's why because I said Bonaventure. Okay. 
So it's this is in. I knew I had. I knew I had notes on this somewhere. That book is upside down. Okay, distinction eight. He briefly mentions something that I think is super important when he's refuting basically like <clears throat> proto ontologists. I'm hoping I can find this because it's gonna can be really annoying if my office has two parts as well. Oh man, I might not be able to find this. This would be embarrassing. Okay, it's on. Whether truth is a property of divine being, I think. Uh, why didn't I not give this more uh, in a more clear way? I'm an idiot. Um, okay. Hassan, you have to you have to entertain the people. You have to be my dancing monkey for a second while I look for this. Um. Okay, I did. I wanted to say to the guy who was saying earlier that he's a Protestant, the same between the EO Church and the RCC. Uh, I would recommend getting a perspective switch, and I've said this a couple of times on these streams before, but um. That would come from watching, uh, from reading um, St. Augustine's uh, De Unitate Ecclesia, which reorients the question of how do I identify the church from? How do I find a group that agrees with the most of the doctrines that I can make sense of? To how is the church described in prophecy and promise? And how can I look up from the page and then identify the one that's been promised and prophesied? Um, the fundamental principle is no longer finding out who agrees with you the most, which is a kind of denominationalism. Um, nor is it really any kind of like, although it's necessary, and uh, at least very useful to do this as well as going through all of the disputes in fundamental theology. Um, much more so it's looking at how the church is identified. St. Augusta goes through various different notes from which the church can be distinguished in the world, in history, and in the present time, and you should uh, you should try and make use of those. There's a bunch of other texts that are similar to this, but I think Augustine's is the best at putting it all in one place and not using a bunch of spiritual senses. Just working from very explicit prophecy working from very explicit promises about the nature and future of the church. Why not keep, keep dancing, monkey? Okay. I'm, I'm about to be, I'm about to go schizo mode. I, I don't oh, did you skip the celibacy question? Uh, oh, yeah, you can answer the celibacy question. Yeah. Don't worry, Reese. I will, I will keep looking. I don't feel like it. Okay. Do you want to do you want to answer a different question? You you can answer the celibacy question if you want to. I'm uh, still looking, man. Oh, later, not now. Find find a question you want to, bro. Okay, okay. In what sense does Nostra Aetate mean that the Muslims adore the one God? Uh, it means that, um, at least according to natural religion, it is possible for someone who explicitly rejects the trinity to still recognize 
the first cause and to attempt to render due obedience to him, which is still worship of, which is still worship of the one God. It just fails to be proper. Uh, since it doesn't actually recognize all of those things which this one God has declared uh, to be believed by all of mankind. Um, and since they can have, um, they can have uh, implicit faith by giving ex being given extraordinary grace in a state of invincible ignorance, which is, by the way, not a state of like, not possibly ever even knowing that Catholics exist and that Catholicism as a, as a set of claims even exists, um, but rather a state of a lack of moral hesitancy as to one's errors. That's what invincible ignorance is. A state without any moral hesitancy as to one's errors. So someone who is in that state, this moral state, uh, can receive grace without being inspired with knowledge of the, the truth of the Trinity and the Incarnation, etc. And such a person is able to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, but And so they can actually worship God in a meritorious way, a supernaturally meritorious way. But it would still be improper. It would be materially improper, but it would be formally meritorious. So okay, so I think I think I found it. Okay, so um, this is in distinction eight part one article one question one response to um, the third objection. So Bonaventure says, however, to that which is objected that there is no other truth than the eternal one because it itself alone causes understanding. It must be said that just as color is the object of seeing and the motive for seeing, however, not without the act of light, and, and just as, it differs from the light itself, so it must be said that created truth, although it cannot move without uncreated truth, nevertheless, it is motive in its own manner and a truth other than that one. And then we go over to St. Thomas in prima pars question 12 article 11 response to the third objection we get him saying basically the same exact thing all things are said to be seen in god and all things are judged in him because by the participation of his light we know and judge all things For the light of natural reason itself is a participation of the divine light and likewise we are said to see and judge of sensible things in the sun i.e by the sun's light Hence, Augustine says, the lessons of instruction can only be seen, as it were, by their own son, namely God. As therefore, in order to see a sensible object, it is not necessary to see the substance of the sun. So in like manner, to see any intelligible object it is not necessary to see the essence of God. So, yeah, th this is this is why I think the, the positions are basically the same. Um, and then once you start reading also St. Thomas on the agent intellect, it becomes very clear. And then uh, I had a dream last night where you were selling uh, cigarettes to middle schoolers for thirty two ninety five a pack. Thanks for all the content, by the way. Dude, that's like, that's next level grifting right there. But thank you, Zach. Okay. 
Okay, so how do you respond to the orthodox objection that the filioque undermines balance in terms of origin, namely if the Holy Spirit has two origin points, this elevates the second person over the third person? Yeah, uh, I think this is kind of ridiculous because we don't say we don't say that there's like two origin points. Um, we say that the 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 principium, so the principium quo, the principle by which, so the see the power or formality by which the Holy Spirit is uh, spirated uh, is is the will. So it has to do with something that is essential. Um, so since that which is essential is um, is communicated uh, from the Father to the Son, um, they uh, they have the same in the spiration of the Spirit. They have the same um, principle by which that they're they're um, they have the numerically same will uh, by which they are spirating the spirit. So they're going to form a singular principle. Uh, so so that's how we retain the unity of principle with the plurality of supposita or the pl plurality of persons. It's the same way. Uh, a good analogy, if you think like, oh, bro, that's just cope. A good analogy uh, for this would be to look at the Holy Trinity. Um, the Holy Trinity's creation of the world is it's not like you have uh, like Hassan was created by the Holy Trinity. Like uh, which third of Hassan was created by the father, which third of Hassan was created by the son, which third of Hassan was created by the Holy Spirit. Like that's just a ridiculous question to ask because uh, since they have a numerically uh, singular uh, intellect and will by which um, they create the entire universe, uh, they're going to form a singular principle, even when there are uh, multiple supposita. So, yeah, and then it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the, the ground level objections like, um, the spirit is over the sun because it has more origin points. Like, what, what the heck is that supposed to mean? Um, <laughs> why, why does having more origin point uh, somehow make one uh, better? I, I really, I really don't get uh, why that's a thing. But yeah, that, that's sort of an explanation for how um, the father and the son form a singular uh, principle in the spiration of the spirit. Oh, no. Millicent Thomas plus Henry, Henry J. Wallace stream? Never. What a terrible thing to ask. <laughs> I know. I, I think I would rather, like, delete my channel than uh, have that stream. If you did that, I would never be on here again. I would ask you to delete all the content that I have made with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so in what in what order generally should people read into the different councils of the church? They should only read Vatican II because it's the new springtime. Um. Why doesn't God make himself much more obvious if he wants a relationship with us? What's a good answer to divine hiddenness? Um, I, I think the good answer would be, how else is he going to make himself more obvious to us? That's like, how else is he supposed to do it? I mean, he's given us uh, not only uh, very many uh, natural evidences of his existence uh, throughout the very, like, tapestry of being uh, and its reliance and contingency um, on uncreated being and the fact that he's allowed us to participate in uh, certain formal perfections such as goodness beauty truth and the like but not only that but he's given the church uh, as a great and perpetual motive of credibility uh, he's given us the martyrs um, uh, to show that even uh, women and young children uh, can have the fortitude 
of uh, even the strongest men. He's given us uh, his his own son, who's come who's come in flesh, and has established uh, the Catholic Church, who is and will take over the entire world. So it's like, what what else could he do? I mean, could he just like come and float in the sky and say, "I am God. All of you worship me." Well, if, if that's the case, I mean, people would just chalk it up to, to aliens um, or, or whatever it may be. And, and he's, he's he, to, for, for me, like you look and you ask yourself, well, like, is God even really like hidden? I, I think it's obvious like, that God isn't really hidden. Um, it, it's very obvious that he, he's made, made it very explicit that actually he wants uh, he wants to have a have a relationship with us um, to use that uh, phraseology. Um. Yeah, so so it's like uh, tr- try try to imagine like what you would want uh, for there not to be divine hiddenness, and um, I I, th- I think uh, even even then you're going to uh, run into the same sort of objection uh, that you've had before. Where does it say that priests need permission of the local bishop to say mass? Um, assuming it's in the code None of, of this law. Canonists. Why are you asking us questions? Like <laughs> I'm assuming the 1983 the code of canon law. Like I, I, you know, you know, like we're not, we're not like, uh, like YouTube gurus to ask any and all RCC related questions. I, I like what? How many times does it have to be said? Stop asking questions that is not in the wheelhouse of either of us. Okay, where in the code of canon law <laughs> See, exactly. it, it, you, you know I do this for every question. That's why I get Hassan to be my dancing monkey. Everybody's uh, just like everybody's just like, <laughs> That's why I have Hassan only to distract you guys while hey, I ask. Christian, can you Google this question and read out what you find out on stream for us? We couldn't possibly do that ourselves. Oh, but I, how am I supposed to tell which answer in the Googlings is correct? There's so many. How the heck so is he supposed to? This isn't his area either. Uh, oh, yeah, but it's goodness. probably somewhere in the Code of Canon Law. It's not explicitly stated. Okay. However, there are current situations, visiting priests, oh. and religious order priests. Okay, so... I think this is your answer. In the Code of Canon Law, the specific requirement for a priest to obtain permission from the local bishop to celebrate Mass is not explicitly stated. Huh, I didn't know that. Celebration of Mass by a priest is generally understood as part of the priestly ministry and authority and is assumed that he has the faculty to celebrate Mass within his own diocese or religious community granted by virtue of his ordination and appointment. However, there are certain situations where a priest may require specific permissions or faculties from the local bishop. For example, visiting priests. If a priest from another diocese or religious community wishes to celebrate Mass within a different diocese, he typically needs the permission of the local bishop or the bishop of the diocese, uh, diocese where he's visiting. The permission is known as celebrant or, uh, celebrant or faculties, and is usually granted through a letter or certificate provided by the priest's own bishop. 
and second, religious order priests, priests who belong to differ uh, to a religious order or congregation, such as Jesuits or Franciscans, may require the permission of their religious superior or local bishop to celebrate mass outside of their own religious community or diocese. It is important to note that while this code of canon law does not explicitly mention the need to, uh, for permission to celebrate mass, it does not provide guidance for the regulation of liturgical celebration and the authority of bishops in their respective dioceses. Therefore, the specific requirements regarding permissions for celebrating mass may vary depending on the particular circumstances and the norms established by the local bishop or religious superiors. You know, this is actually a very good answer. Thank you, ChatGPT. <laughs> Uh, what what do y'all think about the immaculate world? Um, I think it's a very odd notion. Um, I so I, I guess this is going to be like my brief sort of uh, comment uh, on it. But I watched I watched probably I watched the first half, so I watched enough to like understand the whole concept and arguments for the immaculate world. Um, but he phrased it as like a, a debate over whether it was possible that we have an immaculate world. That is absolutely not where the debate lies. The debate lies whether in virtue of this present decree, we could have an immaculate world. And by virtue of this present decree, since the present decree of God contains the decree of the fall, uh, or to permit the fall, uh, better to say, um, this present decree uh, cannot um, have an immaculate world. But God could have decreed otherwise. Uh, God could have made a different decree. So uh, I think I think the issue is like the way in which a lot of people view the decree of God, and this is an erroneous way, is they view the decree of God uh, like a uh, like a Lego, like a sort of like Lego house where you can kind of like remove like, oh, I want different Lego here. different. You can like change all of the different parts out and kind of like mix and match uh, and do whatever. But for Thomas, at least. That's not how we view the decree of God. The decree of God is, uh, as Gideon himself admitted, the decree of God is simple. And the decree of God is uh, is particular as well. The decree of God isn't general. Um, the decree of God uh, establishes um, that which happens in different manners, some freely, some contingently, some necessarily. Um, but it establishes uh, what's going to happen. So you can't just like, pick and choose within the, the, the like parts of the decree so like oh god's simple decree you can remove this part of his simple decree and put in another part to his simple decree no that, that's not how it happens by simple i mean without parts which is why that should sound so ridiculous to you um rather what's going to happen is if you have different circumstances you have a different decree and the thomistic position is simply um you change the circumstances, you're going to have a different decree. And if it's a different decree, we don't know what's going to happen. Simple as that. If, if God could decree something else, then um, we don't know whether he's going to decree it or not. Uh, which the only thing God necessarily decrees is his own goodness. So, uh, yeah, that, that's I, I think the, the Thomas position is relatively uh, simple in that in that aspect. But yeah, I, I think that's, that's my problem is I, I don't think anybody, uh, at least that I've seen has got the phrasing like exactly right uh, with how we're going to view it uh, when it comes to in virtue of this degree, in virtue of that decree, um, in virtue of present degree, in virtue of another decree. Uh, and, and uh, this, the Scotists have not uh, since um, the time of, I think Capriolus was the first one who formulated this argument, although I might be mistaken by that. But since the time of Capriolus, the Scotus have not been able to respond to um, 
that objection uh, about the about the decree of God. And like, I, I guess, sure, um, it's possible that I'm just uh, ignorant of the way in which the decrees work in Scotism to where there might be something different that they believe that might allow for this. Um, that's possible. But uh, what's what's uh, important to recognize is when uh, th this should this should kind of clue you in to uh, how uh, uh, what's a nicer word than ridiculous, but still means like kind of uh, ridiculous. Absurd. No, absurd still sounds kind of mean. Silly. Silly. Ah, silly sounds like uh, you're like patronizing. Um, how not good, I, I guess. Uh, not good. Uh, the the position of those who are both claiming to be Thomists and claiming to accept that Christ would come had man not fallen should be, because you know this this is kind of my problem with eclectics is our fathers were not idiots. Like this isn't like your like DLC add on sort of thing where you can you can mix and match however you want. It's like oh I'll take this from the Scotus and this from the Thomas. And a lot of a lot of these guys just kind of go to the scholastic schools and they're like, "Oh, this sounds cool from here and this kind of like vibes with me. Oh, this sounds cool from here and this kind of vibes with me." And they're just like pick and pick and pick and pick and pick and like make their own like abomination. That's really what it is. It's an abomination of like, "Oh, here is here's my like Here's my little like uh, scholastic take on everything, and and the issue with that is with scholasticism, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a scientific method. So we we work from principles to conclusions, and then we resolve those conclusions back into their uh, principles and order them together. So when you make this ugly abomination of eclecticism, uh, which is not technically uh, per se wrong to be an eclectic, it's just people now. A days uh, we're all we're all very stupid nowadays and very uneducated and we don't have good examples for this so usually today people just create abominations from being eclectics so because they don't recognize the sort of way in which all of the, the judgments that the system makes they just have like a bunch of parts that are just mutually contradictory so on the one hand they'll hold the like the Thomistic view of the antecedent and consequent will and the degree and whatever and on the other hand they'll they'll hold to the um coming of christ had not man not fallen and those who are completely opposed to one another or on the one hand they'll hold to um the fact that matter individuates form and on the other hand and they'll hold that uh animals um have material forms and on the other hand they'll hold that like the numerically identical animals to now could be like resurrected Wait, what are you, like completely like contradictory uh, positions that you're taking. Um, so, so yeah, that that's my rant against the eclectics. But um, yeah, I guess that's all I'll say. My rant against the eclectics. Uh, when are you planning the academy vid? I don't know, dude. I, I've been I've been really busy, uh, so I haven't had even a chance. Um, because my this is my last this is actually my last week of my last semester of grad school, so. Yeah, if you can, if you can imagine uh, that. I've been trying to think about the the eclectic to to missed guy and guys on Twitter and so on a bit more, and it's just I don't know how they they refuse to work out how their position actually works. Are they saying that? Uh, are they saying that the decrees uh, like have a relationship between one another? Of course, like. 
does God do one thing because he's decreed? But does God like do one thing and then he has to decree another thing because of that first decree? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or is so, so, so does he do that? Or are they saying that like, uh, like there are different situations where once God has placed an ultimate goal in mind for his ad extra action, he must do whatever is most fitting to reach that end. That just denies the simplicity of the decree. <laughs> it's like well, I, it, I don't, I don't understand what because and and none of them, none of them have actually written anything up or said anything to clarify how this works. They just say, um, uh, well, I'm not a strict Thomist as an excuse for, well, I think I can say God would have done X. How does that even make sense? What's the, what's the argument? Haven't seen a single one yet. Yeah. It's, um, and especially like, I, I just don't get how, like, because in order to be a modern eclectic nowadays, um, you have to, yeah, be like. <laughs> if you're gonna be a modern eclectic, be like the ancient eclectics. I, I want to see, I want to see you reading and quoting extensively from from Albert, uh, Henry of Ghent, Scotus, Thomas, Bonaventure, Alexander of Hales. I, I want all of those first generation guys. I want you seeing quoting from the second generation guys, the John of Saint Thomas, the Somat the Chensis, Suarez, um, Vago, um, uh, Molina. Um, like I, I want to see you doing from the third generation. I want to see you quoting from everybody and reading everybody. I don't want to see this whole thing like, yeah, I kind of read the Summa a little bit. And I read like, I read a few secondary sources on SCOTUS and I thought they sounded cool. No, 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 no. You, you don't do that if you're going to be an eclectic. If you're going to be an eclectic, be an eclectic. Like read read everything that's ever been written on anything and and use your massive synthesis powers then. Don't be like reading crappy secondary sources and then come at me saying that you've like founded this new system. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. That's just that's cringe and that's lazy. Um. So yeah, that that's that's sort of uh, my annoyance because uh, all of everybody wants to be an eclectic. Nobody wants to like put themselves humbly under a single master, and then uh, from that point, uh, kind of branch out. Okay. What I. Would would I uh, go to a Hillsong worship music concert if all expenses were paid? Um, Hassan, would you? Do you even know what Hillsong is? Of course I know what it is. No. The answer is no. But there's so many different religions. Um, Does somebody say that unironically? But there's really so many religions i feel like most people can't navigate to find the true religion st thomas I, like literally answers this in summa contradictilis yeah this is uh this is condemned at vatican one uh because the motives of credibility are um what's the exact language the motives of credibility are adapted to the understanding of all yeah so everybody in looking upon the motives of credibility can make a practical judgment that they can make a theoretical judgment, even by the powers of reason alone, can make a theoretical judgment, a speculative judgment of their of this of the physical certainty um, of the divine which, status of um, the Catholic religion. They can't make a practical judgment without the coming of grace. So there are three uh, three unfitting consequences if the 
uh, truths which are knowable by reason were left solely to the inquiry of reason. Uh, he says, the third unfittingness is that uh, much falsehood would be mingled with the investigations of reason on account of the intellect's weakness in forming judgments and the admixture of phantasms. Consequently, many would remain in doubt about the things that are even most truly demonstrated while ignoring the force of the demonstration, especially when they perceive that there are many different things that are taught by various different men that are called wise. Moreover, among the many demonstrated truths, there is sometimes a mixture of falsehood which isn't demonstrated but asserted for a probable or a sophistical reason that at times is mistaken for part of the demonstration. And nevertheless, uh, and therefore it is necessary that definite certainty and pure truth about divine things be offered to man by the way of faith. So, uh, one of the things, one of the things that he's saying is that, like, okay, you have all these different competing claims about different motives of credibility. These are all like knowable things, right? Um, at the end of at the end of the day. When you have all of these different like competing claims if you believe that god has really tried to communicate to man you must believe that he's made it really possible for men of all different stations to find him otherwise you necessarily have to accuse god of of like incompetence and not making sure that the motives of credibility in his true religion would be adapted to all different people of different levels of spare time, different levels of ease of learning, and so on. Sorry, this Orthodox guy is being an idiot right now. Who? Where? What? Is he in here? No. It's on Twitter. Why are you... Okay, bro. <laughs> You're mad at me right now, aren't you? <sighs> I, I had Twitter... Your show. I had... It's your show, bro. <laughs> no, no. Uh, basically, and this is actually like a good uh, a good objection. The whole, the whole based... More based equals more gooder objection. Which is basically like the, the Orthodox will present all of these pictures of like clown masses and stuff and say like, well, we're... Whereas orthodoxy may have a few like issues with this or that, uh, clown masses and she, but um, uh, so that that's that's sort of their uh, their like whole approach kind of to uh, saying why Catholicism is bad. And literally, all you have to do is just ask these guys whether they've read the Epistles of Saint Paul. That's all you have to do. It's like, hmm, I, I know of a, I know of a first century uh I, I know of a Catholic community from a very long time ago where they were um accepting uh like Jewish stuff. They had Jewish worship stuff, cringe, Pharisaical worship stuff in their church, super cringe. Um I also know of another older Catholic church, uh maybe from like the first century. Um they had they had this crazy, crazy thing with uh, with false teaching about the second coming of Christ. You know, there were there were priests who were teaching that Christ had already come. Could you believe that? There's there's another one where they had somebody who was like doing some nasty uh, stuff with their uh, with their mother in law, and like the church community was accepting it. They were accepting sexual degeneracy. They had a church community accepting sexual degeneracy. 
honestly, uh, if you if uh, if you were in the first century, you probably would have apostatized by now. Uh, because I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's like some sort of uh, like the Essenes or something that were a lot more based than the uh, than the Christians at the time. Uh, so it, it's it's like it's it's so it's such a stupid argument. Like, oh, bro, bro, look, ca- bad stuff happening in Catholic Church. It's 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 the dumbest thing ever. Thoughts on the on the God's Not Dead series of movies. <laughs> you, you you know about this, Hassan. Sorry, I got distracted by like somebody being really stupid. Will we be able to breathe underwater in our resurrected bodies? I'm not I'm not answering questions like this. To to quote to quote Augustine, I even knew a guy who could fart musically. It's just, just stop. There's just no point in talking about this. What? What's the point? Is there, is there like something connected to this that you think is important, or are you I asking it just know. for the sake of asking it? Um, to either Krishna or Hassan, what is the best way to quickly learn Latin vocabulary? Uh, read Latin works that are like, uh, that are comprehensible to you. Uh, let me see if I can find that article on comprehensible input. That that article kind of. That article kind of uh, changed my um, a way of thinking. Principle input Latin. Um, there it is. Why I've changed my mind on comprehensible input. Oh wait, no. This is is this the dumb version of it? Oh yeah, where she's complaining like I'm actually in the in the uh, in the lingua latina. Like we have slaves and kids getting beat, so it's bad. Like, yeah, shut up. Didn't ask. The kid getting beat is a jackass. So Yeah, yeah, I know. Is he just bro, bro, he deserved it. He absolutely yeah. deserved it. He's like he's like uh being a jerk to his his like just like hits his sister for no reason. It's just like, no, bro, he didn't deserve, bro, he didn't deserve it. Um Okay. Oh, here it is. Latin autodidacts. You're working too hard. How to learn Latin by yourself in 2023. Um, yeah, this is a pretty good article. Uh, this is probably my favorite. Over it on this. Oop, the new uh, the new translation of the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, where did I get the crucifix that hangs on your wall? My wife got it for me. She got it on Etsy. Such a good crucifix. Which order is more intellectual, the Jesuits or Dominicans? I think most people say Dominicans, but Jesuits seem to have contributed the most theologically after the three hundreds. No, 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 no. This is this is fake. This is fake. Okay, how long have we been doing now? It's uh... an hour and two minutes. We still have another like thirty minutes. Can we like close this off as quickly as possible? The questions are like are the questions bad? Already. Yeah, some of the questions are really bad. Okay. You'll see. Um I th- I think it's just I think it's just because uh the Jesuits have more stuff translated in English. No, I that's that's that question's fine, but they're they're about to get worse, just watch. Okay, so yeah, but um the the Jesuits did do a lot more like positive work. Like uh, if you have, for example, like the Clegio Romano 
and like Patape, freaking Patavius. But yeah, the the Jesuits the Jesuits did a lot more in certain areas, but in like strictly areas of scholastic theology where I'm interested in, like the Dominicans were the ones developing. They're the ones developing. Uh, what do I think of Ralph Martin? I don't know who Ralph Martin is. Uh, everyone would become a skeptic. Interesting. Now, that's actually true. I think uh, in context, what I was saying. Um, is the Pints of Aquinas podcast by Frat Mad useful? Uh, yes. Um, depends on the interview. Uh, I'd rather live my hearing, live lose my hearing, than to listen to Hillsong another time. So true. Uh, is it George? I don't know. Experts can't come to an agreement on any subject. So true. Uh, what do I think of fairies? Could they exist on God's creation? A parallel race of rational beings... <laughs> Have you, uh, Wesley, have you read um, C.S. Lewis's uh, Discarded Image? Seems like a lot of the medievals uh, believed in fairies. Do I think it's possible? I guess. I think they'd be like jinn uh, kind of figures, which Hassan knows all about the jinn. Well, Jes Jesuits all, are awesome. So true, Father Brown. So true. All beings were intellect is united to matter and descended from Adam, period. The church is so clear on this for centuries and centuries going to the first millennium. No fairies? The, Bro, the church cringe. the church is clear. The church is clear that all all uh, so all personally personally I think fairies are just like um, because it seems like from the older, from the older like medieval mentions, when it comes to fairies and jinn, they're usually seen as like <laughs> they're not like we think of like fairies as like nice, cutesy little Disney creatures, but they're not that. They're just like basically like evil, like trickster sort of figures. Um, so I mean, I, I think basically what what jinn and fairies and all them are, they're basically uh, demons with a pneumatic uh, body roaming the earth in a different form than like possession because it make it, it makes because if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense i think it's very historically um dubious to say that these figures just didn't exist and they just happen to be like all myth but also on the other hand we don't see them anymore so it's like okay we don't see them as commonly anymore maybe in your countries but uh in my countries in my countries like bigfoot um, but like figures, figures like that, where you have like a very yeah, but Bigfoot's um, not a demon. Okay, like the like the Skinwalker. Uh, Luke's theory is that uh, Bigfoot is a are uh, like descendants of deem of like demon cursed humans. <laughs> because like, if um, if Succubi if Succubi can like take human seed and then like use it to like cause a woman to sin by creating an incubus body and then using that. Surely yeah. they can like they can like create like genetically cursed humans by these methods. So would we baptize Bigfoot? Yes. Would that make Bigfoot a human? Bigfoot's already human. Well, would that like no no make it like make it a normal human? Would that like make no. like his foot no. get smaller? And... No. 
Well, there are already people with like uh, there there are already large groups of people with severe un, un you know severe undesirable genetic traits. Fa Father Brown, yeah. we we need the Jesuits to go up to the Pacific Northwest to convert the Bigfoot uh, to the to the Catholic religion and to baptize them. If anybody can do it, it's the Jesuits. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm. Wesley, <laughs> you ask crazy questions. You're ti you're you're timed out. Stop asking crazy questions. You know, oh, Every you single time. Somebody? Oh, come Every on, single man. time you come in here, you ask the craziest oh, off the world question. Come on, don't you, time bro. don't time out my friends, bro. I did it. It's too late. <laughs> He's timed out for five minutes. It's over for this guy. You know, so yeah, I think those are like because obviously these figures are intellect are like rational. Um, I, I don't think it's really like an option to say that they're just brutes. I mean, like, well, but maybe I don't know because demons could like genetically curse like certain animal species as well to like make sure. them make them like really like curse a gorilla or something to just make it like some sort of bastardized human looking figure that just like destroys stuff, you know? Because animals can be, by the estimative sense, pretty. Pretty darn smart and seem like humans. Favorite Starbucks drink? None of them. What do I think of uh, one of St. Dominic's ways of prayer? I think very good things. Fairies. Check out the Dominicans. Are there like... Are, do you... Do you know? Do you, have you, Father Brown, somehow done like esoteric Dominican fairy research? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, have you? Have I read Saint Thomas More's Utopia? And do I have any critiques? I read like the first half of Utopia, and I got bored. My my only critique is that it's boring. Sorry, Saint Thomas More. I think you wrote a boring book. Is it's like oh, some guy who was like from a distant country and he was a uh he was a sailor and he had this story to tell and like uh, that was like the first hour of it as well it's not like it's like you, you know you could set you could like brief setup i get that like a page or two sort of set up the story dialogue whatever but it's like goes on for an hour like i was at this uh native american place and they gave each other high fives and it's like goes on like that for like <laughs> it's like an hour oh man that was that's probably one of the most. I, I if, I if we're gonna do more of this like satire and fairy and imp stuff, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm You're off. Good. You're off. Yeah. Okay. If, if people if people are gonna do that, I'm I'm done. I can't I can't tolerate the people who are like, but it's based to believe in fairies. It's I, based. I don't care. I don't care. Actually, stop and don't talk about it in here. My goodness. Favorite cut of steak. Hassan's about to lose it. Okay, if eight, okay, there's there you go. This this is I can't question. deal with some parts of trad culture. They make me want to strangle myself. Strangle yourself. <laughs> yes. You you'd pass and out. I didn't want I had to catch myself. I didn't want to say something really bad on stream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if angels don't have concupiscence, why does it seem demons have the impulse to sin? Well, you're Sin, sin doesn't only uh, come from uh, concupiscence. Uh, there, yeah. there can be with with beings of uh, of free will. Those who those who don't have 
their will specified to God as their formal object, uh, God qua his divinity as formal object, they can choose between lesser goods. So rather than uh, because, and this sounds weird to like call like God a lesser good in this case, but since it's God under, um, a, as a sort of infused species into their intellects, because again, angels don't have senses to like see things. Angels have infused species in their intellect. So God, uh, under under the common aspect of being, not under the intimate mode of his deity, there's a certain infused species of God into their intellects, and that was presented to their will, along with the uh, along with the knowledge of themselves and whatever other infused species they had. Um, so they they could have they could have um, ordered their will in the first uh, moment of their willing. They could have either ordered their will to God as um as highest good or they could have ordered it to something else so the angels in this choice uh a third of them chose themselves actually some some authors say they chose themselves some authors say lucifer chose himself and the others chose lucifer rather than god um so uh, whatever you want to say um so they specified their wills to something else that wasn't god a third of them and they fell from this because once angels in the first moment they're willing to choose something since they don't have concupiscence uh after this they're immutable so uh the demons they can't repent because they don't have bodies and bodies are what cause us to be have, have this uh, mutability of will because our uh, our souls are attached to our bodies so they can't repent um yeah they they, they would have to be like uh somehow they do some like metaphysical monkey with them um in order to, to change that but they can't repent uh because they're not their wills aren't mutable and then the others uh chose god uh, rather than any of the other things presented their will and due to this they were rewarded with the uh with with the beatific vision so now they're uh, not only are they immutable from their nature they're also immutable uh by grace uh, to god as the formal object True, Father Big. So tech, yeah, technically could ordain Bigfoot. Um. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I answered. People who need to wear glasses, I do. I actually do need to wear glasses. So I'm kind of offended by Same. that. Same. No, you wear glasses? You only need to, yeah, to see things at a long distance. Yeah, you're not going to see it unless I, if I like uh, at church, I wear them because I can't see a lot of things otherwise properly. True. Uh, but not at home. It's no point. But uh, needing to wear glasses, the ritual of putting glasses on is an acknowledgement that you have the deaths of original sin. It's true. Why is Moore's Utopia you considered important then? Honestly, honestly, bro, I don't know. I have no idea why it's considered important. Uh, do, do, do you have any idea? I guess it's because it was like a, a sort of like, um, I honestly I have no idea. I have no idea. 
Have you guys read the Desert Fathers? Uh, I actually took a class on the on the Desert Fathers where I read a bunch of them, and it was pretty. It's pretty good. Um, definitely, uh, I definitely think, at least to understand Catholic spirituality, um, you have to understand the Desert Fathers, uh, because some of the uh, I was just talking to Hassan about this the other day, but Saint Thomas Aquinas, for example, read a part of Cassian's uh, uh, Collations of the Fathers every single day. Um, he took a point part out of his uh, daily study to read Cassian. Um, uh, especially at the time when you get like all of these sort of critical editions uh, coming through. Uh, he's like St. Dennis the Carthusian. I guess he's another important figure. He provided a whole new translation of Cassian. Uh, so the, these, these guys um, were like very deeply uh, involved in this era. You especially get it uh, in the like post-Reformation once they start getting critical editions and translations of a lot of these works that they're reading a lot more of the Desert Fathers. But yeah, the Desert Fathers have always been uh, fundamental for understanding Catholic spirituality. Um, very, very, very important and very underrated as well. Uh, they, they, it's probably because they say some very intense things and we're like, oh, no, bro, they said intense thing. Like, this is so bad. Uh, but but then you, you see how, like, for example, St. Thomas in On the Perfection of the Spiritual Life is taking those same principles and applying them uh, to Catholic spirituality. Like, we have the same principles. Like, uh, you look at the lives of our saints, our saints lived exactly how um, these guys are describing the Desert Fathers as living. Uh, very austere uh, lives. So, yeah. Any thoughts on Desert Fathers, Hassan? I haven't, I haven't read the saying all the way through. It was positive. I kept getting interrupted whenever I wanted to read it. Um, since we can grasp multiple concepts at the same time, isn't Aquinas wrong in saying that our intellect can only take on one form at the time? Are you saying uh, we can, like, when it comes to actual, um, like, actual attention or understanding uh, is only uh, one at a time? Like, for example, in the example you gave, triangularity and squareness, you're actually not thinking about triangularity and squareness at the same time. You're thinking about triangularity, then squareness. You're not like mixing them together into holding them uh, both at the same time. Although this differ, uh, this slightly differs uh, because we can understand in one proposition uh, other propositions. Um, so, like, we can understand, uh, for example, when when I understand the I'm trying to, like uh, uh, Jesus Christ is uh, rational, or Jesus Christ is a man. In that, I understand. Uh, in the concept of man, I understand the concept of rational animal, of its proper accidents, and, and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's any um, demonstration against uh, what Saint Thomas says here. True, 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 true. Uh, mayo or ketchup, barbecue or ranch. Honey mustard. Uh, have I seen a man for all seasons? Yes, I have. Have I have I read Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis? Here's my like really old copy that I bought when I was like seventeen. Um, 
I think I bought it at like a, a bookstore somewhere. Um, but yeah, the imitation of Christ. Um, if you haven't read it, if I hadn't read it, I should just go and delete my channel right now. The imitation of Christ is something that you should like read once a year. It's one of those books. It's so good. It's so good. It's actually, um, St. Uh, uh, Teresa of Avila. Um, St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, she had all of her nuns uh, studying the imitation of Christ is one of their uh, books that they just kept constantly studying. Dude, why do you, why do you keep, they keep asking questions about aliens. Aliens would also be men if they had an intellect, meaning descendants from Adam. Am I wrong? No, they would have to being descended from Adam doesn't mean having an intellect. It means he's one of your ancestors. Okay, I'm out. See you. Guys. No, no. no. <laughs> Dude, Hassan, Hassan's triggered this morning. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about Hassan. Okay, so our... Um, okay, okay, here's a good question. I can answer... Uh, Good thing Hassan is gone. Good thing Hassan's gone because now I can answer all of the uh, alien questions that I wanted to answer the whole time that Hassan wouldn't let me to. Okay, so is it possible for the royal family of Britain to actually be shape-shifting reptilians? Um, I think it's possible that there's a sort of uh, corruption of human DNA uh, to like make people seem like reptilians. I guess that's possible. There goes half of Christian's viewership. Oh, come on, man. Come on. You didn't have to do me like that. Okay, so our, our Bible study is a good idea. Uh yes, actually. Um let me let me see. There I think Pius X actually talks about Bible studies. Uh check. I'm gonna have to finish this in a few minutes. I know Hassan had to hold on for like five more minutes. It's been a being yeah uh people on the move so true people on the move we're on the move just like uh pope francis said um, auto racing ministries <laughs> auto people on the move auto racing ministries so true uh there it is it's just mentioned something about bible studies uh, Bible studies in devotional times. Dang. I could have swore there was something from Pius X about Bible studies. But yeah, the um, I promise I didn't make it up. But yeah, that's pretty common, actually. Will Militant Thomist uh, ever do another unpopular opinions thread? Um, no, I will not be doing that. Uh, I'll be telling my family that I'm going to be Catholic. Can you pray that I have the courage to do so? Of course. Mr. Wagner, please, please stop doing crack. Okay. I promise. Hey, maybe, maybe we could do uh don't tell Hassan uh, because I know Hassan's not going to watch the rest of the stream. And if he does, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh. 
but what we have to do is each week we can uh, find out how long it takes us to get Hassan to uh, to uh, rage quit the stream. That'd be a fun thing to do every week. Get Hassan to rage quit. <laughs> he said, sorry, bro, I had to do it. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. We, we will get him to rage quit. Okay, where did I get that poster on Logic? Uh, my friend, let me see, profide.io. My friend Eamon, if you remember him, he started a company that makes some pretty cool posters. Profide.io. Hassan, I can just not come on. We know we know you're not going to do that, Hassan. We know we're not going to do that. You like you like answering their questions too much. Hassan secretly likes it. Yeah, so if you go to profide.io, um, you can get that. But I got to get ready for class. So I will see you guys later. And oh, yeah, you guys need to figure out. Okay, I'm, I'm at, okay. This is what I'm going to like get. This is what I'm gonna mad at you. This is what I'll say what Hassan would say. You guys, all of you out there. There's a reason why you guys don't ask good questions. And the reason you guys don't ask good questions is because those who do not read do not ask good questions. So what should you do? If you find yourself to be a more intermediate uh, type reader, uh, you want to get that like gap to bridge between catechism and complete education. Uh, Father A.M. Henry, O.P., a group of 70 or so Dominicans went together to make something called the Theology Library, which is basically, uh, it's pretty, pretty like sizable text and everything. It was basically a systematic theology uh, meant for le educated laymen who wanted to learn more after their catechisms, uh, but weren't at the level to read more advanced works, um, especially actually Garrigue's works were used for that. Um, so this, this Theology Library, uh, it's six volumes, uh, covers everything uh, in theology that you'll need. A very good introduction to theology, actually, which I'm, I'm quite picky about my introductions to theology. But this one was pretty good. Um, so I, I reprinted all six volumes. You can see it looks it actually looks pretty nice. So the re if, if you want to not ask sucky questions, uh, go and pick up uh, the theology library. Um, link below. Uh, it's on Lulu. It's the Lulu link below. Uh, also, another one, if let's say you just don't want to read that much and, or you want to read philosophy as well. This bad boy right here, Charles Copin's A Comprehensive Introduction to Catholic Philosophy and Theology, um, discusses discusses everything you need. Big font. Uh, I think it's only like 400 pages, 500 pages. So, I mean, this is like a, this is like a kind of take a month read sort of thing. Uh, it's not terribly long, uh, so this this is kind of if you're if you're just not at uh, just not at the level, you know, uh, you want something a bit simpler. Uh, this is this is a good choice. That introduces philosophy, which a lot of you guys are going to like. And then lastly, if you're just like if you've kind of already introduced to philosophy and you want you want a more intermediate, a bit advanced thing, I have 
went through the pains of making the only good version of Father Henry Grenier, uh, his Thomistic philosophy. It's four volumes in one. It's pretty pretty sizable work. Best part, it's only like 35 bucks. So, boom. So, you guys ask bad questions because you just need to read more. So, there's also... Uh, so yeah, read those books and you'll ask good questions and Hassan will not frown upon you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Another thing. Another thing. Another thing. Uh, also very important. If you don't know how to yet learn mental prayer, uh, boom, boom, boom. Catechism of mental prayer. Uh, if you want to get a physical copy, which I have physical copies of this because I like it. It's uh, it's it's like five bucks on Amazon. You can get free shipping with it as well. You just want a physical copy to go through. Boom, 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 boom. So, yeah, that's a that's a good work. It's very short, eighty-two pages. It's like this big, so you just go around, study it, start practicing mental prayer. Okay, so I have 10 minutes till my class. Yes, what kind of new deviltry is classes on Saturday? Uh, okay, boom. Uh, Got to go. Sorry, guys. Uh, goodbye.